turn up your brand fame with Australia's number one podcast network, Listener. From Hamish and Andy, Australia's number one comedy podcast, to the very latest daily news at 7am, Listener has highly engaged environments where you can tell potential customers all about your brand. Listener reaches over 6.6 million monthly users and is growing every month. To find out more about advertising on Listener, visit sca.com.au forward slash Listener. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, Twitter staff brace for a bloodbath. A new brand and a new hire for marketing startup Mutiny. And wrapping up upfront season. It's Monday, October 31, 2022. Can you believe almost November? I'm A Beauty and good morning, Tim Burrows. A spooky Halloween good morning to you, Abe. How was your weekend? The weekend was good this weekend. The weather was good in Tasmania. A little bit of camping with the family and yeah, it was a good one. How about yours? A lot going on in media. A lot going on in in media, and we'll come on to all of that. And which was kind of lucky because I was sort of not entirely trapped in my corner of Northwest Tasmania, but a little bit trapped because what's usually a four lane bridge is down to one bridge across the River Cam. So there's uh, for the next few days, and we thought it would be over by now, but it's not. I'll I'll be mostly trapped in this corner of Tasmania. So uh, I have no complaints about that. Where should we start this week? Well. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's been a huge weekend, but let's start with Twitter. Over the weekend, Elon Musk took control. How do you think things will change with Twitter? Yeah, it's. And we were we were chatting just before we started recording about you know just in the in the span we've been uh, doing this podcast, it's been on, it's been off, it's been you know a bit of a bit of a stunt by Elon. Then it became a stunt he regretted when he he offered forty four billion dollars, and then the rest of the tech market went away. So he he ended up uh, potentially facing have to pay sort of two to three times what Twitter was worth. So he tried to wriggle out of it, but was forced to go through with it. And he has now completed. So he has the the keys to the building. So on Friday, he did that terrible visual pun of being photographed, walking into reception, clutching a kitchen sink, just so that he could post, let that sink in. I'm the boss of Twitter, um, which... um. Yeah, I mean, wow. Imagine having to pay $44 billion just to try to be funny and even then not not really managing it. Things moved fast over the over the weekend our time. So of course it was it was still um Friday in the US for for some of this. Um some of the top tier of the management were fired immediately, um, which was not a complete surprise. It then emerged that he was trying to fire them, to use the US terminology, for cause, which was seems to be a way of trying to get out of paying them all of the, 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 the many millions of dollars of termination benefits they'd otherwise be in, in, entitled to. Um, so that was one sort of um, development over the weekend. Um, another one where we we don't know where it's going to land yet, but there were uh, big questions about moderation. You know, the 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 ultimate test case is um, is he really going to allow Donald Trump back onto that platform again? 
um having kind of uh been been removed from it because of of, of his inflammatory speech one of the ways that musk um addressed that over the weekend was tweeting that there'll be a moderation council which there wasn't any detail of what that really means and it, it looks a bit like um uh, Facebook have got a similar, or, or Facebook and Meta have got a similar sort of cancel of the great and the good to help with policy. So we'll we'll see uh, what that means. And then, intriguingly, certainly intriguingly for me, just as a, a user, this one emerged. Gosh, only twenty minutes before we started recording this, reporting beginning to emerge that if you want to be a blue tick verified then you'll you might have to pay five dollars per month for the privilege so you have to become a member of twitter blue which is their sort of pay tier which um which 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 which, yeah um i i think that's interesting that's an interesting decision what do you reckon Abe? do i get do i get five dollars worth a month out of having a blue tick by my name do you think Oh, it's a great question. I mean, I, I do. I mean, Twitter is it does have an, a niche audience of all the social medias, but it certainly has a powerful audience. So you probably would get value. But isn't it interesting? He starts to talk about monetizing it straight away. It's not surprising. Yeah, look, and I guess their biggest thing is they need to bring in more subscription revenue um, as a proportion um, versus the proportion um, that they bring in at the moment through advertising revenue. And speaking of advertisers, I did actually note his tweet on the weekend and when Elon went all uh, all uh, all marketer, where he said, I also very much believe that advertising, when done right, can delight, entertain and inform you. It can show you a service or product or medical treatment that you never knew existed but is right for you. For this to be true, it's essential to show Twitter users advertising that is as relevant as possible to their needs. Now, this is the clincher. I love this line. Low relevancy ads are spam says Sir Elon, but high relevant ads are actually contents. He's turned into a bit of a guru. Well, it's what advertisers always say, but it does certainly doesn't stack up with my experience of the sort of crappy um, ads that you, you, you see on Twitter so much. And I realise I've sort of, it, you know, it's an algorithm. I must have once clicked on one of those stupid, you know, uh, 12 bridezillas or whatever it is. So that's that's all one tends to see now, um, certainly for me. Um, but yeah, um, hey, look, that comes, that, that does come to the central point of it, which is Twitter at the moment is so dependent on advertisers and marketers. And the most important thing to many marketers is the hygiene factor is brand safety. Am I going to be next to terrible content, um, terrible offensive content? And of course, um, uh, you know, for, for all of this talk about and promises of not to make Twitter an unregulated hellscape, that kind of is what he's been promising to do so far, bringing back people like Donald Trump. So there is a there is a risk from adver- for advertisers. You know, we're we're seeing a couple have already said they'll pause their advertising. Um, so, yeah, that is going to be the big challenge is when they make the big moves to bring back um, some of the more outspoken slash offensive people. Is there also an advertising exodus to go with it? So short term effects in Australia? Well, one of the things that I'll be watching this week, and I was trying to figure out how many staff they've got in Australia, and I, I'm afraid I don't know off the top of my head. Um, like looking on LinkedIn, it it lists about 500 people with 
Twitter in their resume who um, are saying they're in Australia, but I'm not sure whether that might include some former staff. So I'm not 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 sure of that number. But one of the things they'll be watching for is um, November one, which is obviously super imminent in Australia, as in that's tomorrow um, and a few hours after that in the US. Uh, there's a deadline for um, what would have been um, incentive stock in. Twitter vesting for staff who remain staff at that date. So that, in theory, if the reporting is correct, would be a payout of about $100 million across the board to existing staff. Whereas if uh, Musk goes through with the layoffs he has been signalling he plans to make, that $100 million might not need to be paid out, or certainly not all of it. Um, there was reporting suggesting that um, he planned to lay off about 75% of staff. so a huge number. Um, and that obviously would also affect the Australian staff as well. He's since denied that number, you know, just in, in the kind of, again, reported from the sort of wandering the corridors, someone asked him about that. And I think all he said was, well, that's not the number I was thinking of. And then, of course, the speculation is, does he mean 80%? You know, does, uh, Musk being Musk, he can be... Uh, quite tricky but certainly my experience is when um when u.s companies u.s headquartered companies that are global retrench and they're in australia there can be really big pullbacks you know so for instance we saw pandora they changed policy and just closed the australian office altogether we saw similar with huffington post we saw similar with buzzfeed when the strategy changes they concentrate on the the home ground so um yeah i i suspect there will be some nervous people in the twitter australia office this week up next the press watchdog's verdict on the outing of rebel wilson unmade over the weekend, we found out what the Australian Press Council thought of how Rebel Wilson was outed. Tim, what was the verdict? Yeah, so this goes back to June 2022, and uh, an article was published foolishly, really, um, in the Sydney Morning Herald's private Sydney gossip column that's written by Andrew Hornery, and he was reacting to the uh, the news that um, actor Rebel Wilson. Um, had chosen just a, a, a day or two before to post on Instagram announcing that she was in a relationship with another woman, um, a fashion designer, Ramona Agruma. And apologies if I'm pronouncing that name wrong. Now, uh, the, 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 the odd thing about this column was really it was a, it was a gripe from Hornery that having approached Rebel Wilson saying that he'd found out about this personal piece of information and giving her a deadline to comment that she'd effectively scooped him by choosing to go public herself. Um, Now, that created a big backlash against the Sydney Morning Herald because effectively he had weirdly outed himself as being the one who'd outed Rebel Wilson, but also seemed to lack the self-awareness or insight that that was how his readers would see it so there was um there was a big backlash on whether it was the city mornings herald's right to out her in the first place so we have this kind of slightly weird process where 
reading the adjudication from the Australian Press Council, it looks like there was no actual complaint from Rebel Wilson to the Press Council, um, but there were general complaints about the the follow up article. So, so really, they can only they can only look at the follow up follow up article when he's moaning about not having been able to out her, rather than the actual process of outing because that didn't involve an article. Um, so um, the 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 Sydney Morning Herald didn't really fight it. They they accepted they had breached a couple of the principles of the press council, which are uh, around you, you, you're not um, as a regulated organisa- uh, media organisation supposed to intrude on a person's reasonable expectation of privacy unless there's a, um, a proper public interest justification. And again, you should avoid causing or contributing materially to su- what they call substantial offence, distress or prejudice. So the the Sydney Morning Herald pretty much accepted that that you know they were in breach, and lo and behold, the um, the Australian Press Council agreed. So, what are the consequences of the ruling? None whatsoever. Um, that is one of the issues with the Australian Press Council. Is um, other than having to publish the findings, which which newspapers do, and which the Sydney Morning Herald did on Saturday. Um, that's it. You know, it's a bit of a sting. It's slightly embarrassing. Um, but certainly there's no financial consequences or anything like that. Now, now that, that, that's how the Australian Press Council is set up. And it's worth mentioning is this is self-regulation by the media industry. So um, the APC is funded by the newspapers and other news organisations. It's made up of a mixture of um, media folk and non-media folk. But other than looking at whether the rules have been breached or not, and then making a ruling on that, that's um, that's all it can do, which actually is, is not dissimilar to how advertising standards worked. You know, that's funded by the advertising industry as a sort of tiny levy on each piece of advertising comes under the auspices of the AANA, the Australian Association of National Advertisers. Um, but the, um, you know, when it, when it rules whether an ad has been in breach or not, um, if, if, for instance, an advertiser and wherever the medium is chooses to completely ignore it, then they can. So it relies on everyone being willing to be self-regulated. So you, you know, something I wrote about at the weekend, you do get edge cases that aren't regulated. And then there's, um, there's not much that actually then happens in that circumstance. Feels very toothless tiger in a sense. Yes, the phrase toothless and tiger does come to mind with both the APC uh, and honestly with, um, with, with, with ad standards and also honestly with the ACMA as well, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, the one that looks at TV and radio and, uh, and never finds anybody because it can't. Next, goodbye mutiny. Hello, Mutinex. Unmade. So, Tim, we've talked about mutiny on this podcast before. Now they're Mutinex. What's that about? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's right, Abe. So you might remember in the Unmakers podcast, we had a chat to the two uh, co-founders, uh, Henry Innes and Matt Fallujah. Um, so a few changes. Now, we, we did, I did get to write about them a little bit um, uh, in Saturday's email because I went along to the IAB Measure Up conference in Sydney while I was in town and uh yeah Henry was presenting um some stuff around the the the, the outlook for the industry and uh he was introduced as as, as Mutinex um so that that was sort of the beginnings of the the rebrand so a few things going on um this morning's announcement kind of presents it as you know a part of the growing up process um usually when these things happen there's also a bit of a trademark issue involved so i think as they as they look to expand into the us which they've already announced and into the uk and the rest of the world then you might bump up against existing trademarks and i i think there was a mutiny in this space already so that's probably a part of it um but yeah you know you might you might remember remember when we did the podcast with them um they talked about having a uh, platform called War Chest, which effectively is their sort of their their tool for where marketers can uh, uh, can monitor how their how their marketing is kind of optimizing and performing. Which I I quite liked um, the name, and obviously it works next to the name Mutiny. Um, but War Chest is becoming Growth OS, which is you know in my view a little bit more boring. But um, it's probably a bit more, a bit more corporate, a bit more startupy, and their, you know, their software as a service or SaaS. So it's very, it's a very sassy, um, sassy with a double A, not a double S type, um, type, type brand. So, um, so yeah, so so it's, it's it's a growing up process. I mean, you know, I, I you know, my read is that um, they've got quite a good business here that's growing very fast. You know globally I, you know i was you know i was super impressed when oh, i was already impressed but super impressed about their prospects when i interviewed the the, the, the two of them so I, I guess this is the next phase for that they've made more hires too as they've rebranded yeah they have so there's a, a the, you know the, there's a big restructure as well so i think behind the scenes we were already seeing henry innis really acting as ceo and matt Ferruja as um as chief operating officer and now that's official and i have sympathy for that because you can look like a bit of a wanker when there's only two of you and you give yourself those titles so and they've now made a additional hire um with chief commercial officer now i'm struggling i struggled with how to pronounce his name but luckily um the answer is on linkedin so bear with me and i'm going to uh play you how adam pronounces his name i can't understand why you press this button of course it's bopur so there you go adam bopur is joining mutiny um i i think this is literally the first time i found linkedin helpful for that pronunciation uh tool um have you speaking of have you done it abe because i always I, I remember i always struggled with udi or udi do you did have you recorded your name pronunciation on linkedin i haven't for a guy in audio i'm just thinking why haven't i I'm, that's the first on the list to do once the podcast is finished absolutely get it uh get it up there on linkedin before then so so adam booper um 
until recently, he was the managing director for Digital at Hero, um, which is obviously one of the big independent players now. So it's quite interesting to see him moving on from Hero after only a couple of years. Um, but he worked for a long time with um, Henry Innes. Um, he, he, he'd been at DT Digital, which then, as the various WPP mergers went along, eventually ended up landing as AKQA. Um so yeah, so another uh, another big move there, and um, another um, another brick in the, the 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 growing wall that Mutiny or rather Mutinex is now building. Next, wrapping up the upfronts. Unmade. We're almost at the end of upfront season now. You covered two last week, Tim Seven and O Media. What did we learn from these? The two most memorable things, and obviously there were always program announcements and everything else, um, launch of Seven Bravo, so a new free-to-air channel. This is based on content from NBC Universal, which if ever Seven has a subscription streaming play, it feels like the most likely route to that is in some sort of partnership with NBCU, who do Peacock as their streaming platform in other markets. A little little piece that um, emerged in the uh, Australian Financial Review this morning um, is that there is something in the contract that potentially allows for them to do something around subscription streaming together in two years' time. So that was a that was a new nugget that didn't come out last week, um, and then on on O Media. Um, Probably the most interesting thing for me, and we are talking to um, Kathy O'Connor later in the week um, on, on um, the Unmade podcast. So um, Kathy's the CEO of O, so I won't go in, into all of this too much today. Uh, Rio, um, so pronounced like the place Rio, but spelt R-E-O-O-H, um, which is a re- retail media network, effectively, Um I've talked a lot myself about how retail made is exploding at the moment. And um, and this is the latest reaction to that, which seems to me like quite a smart one. And one more up front to go, Tim. As far as we know, yes. So officially, just SBS, uh, which is, you know, interesting enough. Um, they're an intriguing player when it comes to streaming through SBS On Demand, as, you know, it, it was a bit daggy, but these days ad-supported streaming is all the rage. Uh, also a multi-language player, obviously, and a player in both television and audio as well. So a few things there. Um, as I say, it's officially just the one left, which is later this week. But I am also hearing rumours that QMS, the other outdoor player, might sneak something in. Um, perhaps they're just feeling a little bit left out, seeing that O Media's event went quite well this week, and that perhaps they've 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 left a bit of a conversational vacuum. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see QMS rush something into the schedule in the coming weeks. But otherwise, for now, upfront season is thank goodness done. Well, that is it for today. The podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. And we'd love to hear what you think of it at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. I will be back at unmade.media tomorrow with Choose Data. It's a good one. If you're wondering which social media platforms are on the up or down, I've got the data, including for new player We Are 8. 
but you will have to be a paying unmade member to get the whole thing. And if you are a paying member, you're also entitled to two free tickets to Unmade's Melbourne event, Marketing in 2023, in a fortnight's time. Go to unmade.media for more. Thanks, Abe. Toodle pep. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio. Turn up your brand fame with Australia's number one podcast network, Listener. From Hamish and Andy, Australia's number one comedy podcast, to the very latest daily news at 7am, Listener has highly engaged environments where you can tell potential customers all about your brand. Listener reaches over 6.6 million monthly users and is growing every month. To find out more about advertising on Listener, visit sca.com.au forward slash listener.